Hey guys, it's Jackie, founder of All Mama Care and Mama to a Super Kid. When my son was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia at 21 months old, not only did I feel my world was ending, but I was alone and scared. I made it my job to get my hands on every resource possible to become educated about his diagnosis. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was determined to become empowered and do everything possible to help my baby and my family thrive. Along the way, I've had the pleasure of connecting with some wonderful organizations and meeting some of the most caring and authentic people. This podcast is dedicated to supporting parents and families while their child is going through cancer treatment and beyond. I share with you all the resources that have played a major factor during this time in my family's life, and I'm so glad you're here with me. And now, let's get this episode started. So we want to challenge you guys. We want to challenge you to just kind of take a minute when you're done listening to this and go over to your spouse or, you know, someone that has really been helping you. Maybe they've been delivering groceries for you on your doorstep. Just take a minute and thank them. My husband joins me on the podcast this week. I take a break from my typical broadcast and we take some time to talk about how we handled bringing our son to his monthly clinic appointment in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. We give special shout outs to all the first responders who are on the front lines to fight this pandemic and who are risking their lives to save others. We want to thank all those who are doing what they can to be a helper in this grave time of need. Thank you to all the companies, schools, and universities who are sending in donations and other resources to help the world. Special thanks to all those that are making masks at home. Our hearts go out to all the families that are making sacrifices to help slow the spread of this virus. We want to personally thank all the teachers for all their work that they're doing to maintain a critical connection with their students and to all the parents working from home and who are now homeschooling. We see you. We support you. We urge you to continue to follow the CDC guidelines and do your part to help slow and stop the spread of the coronavirus. All right. Welcome back to the All Mommy Care podcast. This week, I have my husband, Ryan, with me. This is going to be kind of a shorter episode. We are going to talk about how we were super nervous going to clinic uh, last week and how we handled that. And then just kind of talk about how we're handling being at home and some tips that we're doing to kind of help us stay connected to friends and family. Yeah, like making this podcast short. We don't have any time. (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of time. but Doesn't everyone now? I feel like I don't really have that much to talk about this week. So it's more just like letting you guys know that. We're at home as well. We're doing the best that we can. Going a little crazy. Going a little little crazy. crazy. We have been going outside, so that's been good. Although today is rainy. Tomorrow's going to be rainy as well. But we have been trying to get outside every day and do the best that we can. Which is hard right now. It is. This is hard. I know know everyone who hears this will probably feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, this is a very hard situation because it's like you want to be able to Go go out and do things. Even just the hardest thing for me right now is not being able to see our family. Like that's yeah. the hardest thing because like, you know, we've been through this before. We were quarantined last year. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because of, of Ollie going through his treatment and his mm-hmm. immune system being so low, we didn't see anybody for like two months, which yeah. was really difficult. Um, you know, we had some quick visits of people bringing us stuff, but, you know, if they were sick or were around someone who's sick and, you know, we had this whole program going on about that. Yeah. And so this is, this is kind of like that, but at least with that, you know, we would go, like you and I could go to a store or mm-hmm. we would go out and now we're just really paranoid about going anywhere. Yeah, we don't want to bring any. So we've been using Instacart. The first week of this back on like when it started, like March, what, March 11th? Yeah. Essentially, I used Peapod, which was already a little bit booked up, but that's near impossible now. Like you can't, you can't even get anything till like April, which is ridiculous. And we're in Massachusetts. So like wherever you are, wherever you're listening, it's probably obviously going to be different depending right. on what the grocery store is that's near you. But here in Massachusetts, this is what we've been doing. Right. I, I'm not sure. I think Instacart might be a national, uh, a national service because they look up the grocery stores around you that are oh, – I think okay. they have a deal with them or something. Okay. It's kind of like an Uber for groceries. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, so then I discovered the Instacart app and that was, that's been a lifesaver because they go to Target, they go to, they go to Big Y and these are all grocery stores and other stuff around us. So like they go to, uh, you know, Price Chopper, Market 32, um, Star Market, Shaw's. So, I mean, they, they have a plethora of places you can go so you can try and find the things that you need. And it's been very helpful. You know, we owe a lot of credit to those people doing it too. So, and if you do use it, if you use the Instacart app, it, it allows you to, to leave a tip. And I've been leaving a pretty big tip simply because these people are doing it for me, but that's up to your discretion. But I suggest it simply because these people are putting themselves in in harm's way, going to these grocery stores, and who knows who has it, right? That's the scary thing about this. We don't know. Some people are asymptomatic, which means they're not showing anything. So that's scary. And these people are doing that. You can chat with the person that's shopping for you at the time that they're going through the aisle. Yeah, through the app. You can chat with them. They'll make suggestions for a replacement item. Like if, if you want like a DiGiorno frozen cheese pizza and they don't have that, they'll tell you the ones that are there and give you the options to choose from. And then you just approve it and they get that instead. So that's another great option of that feature. And then the app tells you about, you know, the time frame when to expect your groceries. Um, and of course, for us, we just asked them to leave it on our porch. Which there's a button on there that says you can just leave at the door. So. Okay. Yeah. So that's what we've been doing. And then, you know, we'll put on gloves. We have some Clark wipes and um, we'll just wipe off everything, put everything away, take things out of containers that don't need to be, you know, in the boxes or whatever, and then put them in the freezer, put them in the fridge. I feel like we're pretty well stocked. We have. A we lot are of now. Stuff. Yeah. Like we... It, the the main thing I've had to like recoup on is like Ollie's food, you know, because he goes through a lot of bread. Mm-hmm. Um, he like loves toast with butter, and then you know a lot of the stuff I stocked up on like frozen vegetables, meat, things like that. Especially for me because I started the keto diet <laughs> during all this, which was probably silly to do, but I feel like it's been working. I feel like I've been losing weight. I've been feeling healthy. So and I, I've I, been I, eating all the carbs. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like. Um, it's been good, it, you know, and it, it was difficult, but I've been looking for everything, you know, like canned green beans and frozen vegetables and meat, all that stuff. So, so Instacart has been really helpful with that. So I definitely recommend it. So also last week, last Wednesday, Ollie had his monthly clinic visit. There was a lot of anxiety, especially on my part, just kind of leading up to his clinic visit. When we went to clinic, we just talked with our team and they assured us that they were taking all the precautions, wiping everything down. 
They even called us ahead of time, like two weeks before his visit and told us they were moving him a day after when he was supposed to be scheduled. And that way he would only be the only kiddo in clinic right in the morning. Um, and he then, was, it was dead at the, at the, like there was no, yeah, nobody else. Yeah. It was like a ghost town. It was just, it was literally like him up in the pediatric center, which was great. And I don't know if every hospital could do that, obviously, because of situations and things that are going on in these hospitals. But um, ours, we were very lucky to have that, at least on this last appointment. I don't know what it will be like when we go back in April, Next late month. April. So who knows if this thing peaks, we don't know. But we'll cross that bridge when right. we come to it. That's all you can do. You can just take it like one day at a time mm-hmm. with this whole thing. So It was helpful that we did a little bit of medical play with, you know, pretend to play with the mask mm. uh, the night before and just kind of telling Ollie he'll be three in May. So I feel like he really understands. Yeah, like, he wanted to play with the stethoscope. Yeah. Which I didn't know was stethoscope <laughs> until he kept pointing to it. And I was like, oh, you want to play with the stethoscope? So. Yeah. So the more medical play, the better. And he understands like, okay, if mommy and daddy are wearing masks, then I will too. So, right. so that's been helpful. And even just going to the hospital, we kind of made it like a game where you get to wear a really funny mask and daddy is wearing a duck one. And we just kind of made it like a big game. And then even like the logistics of going into the hospital we didn't do the elevator. We went right up the stairs. Well, you didn't go in. We did. We tried to limit it. We tried to limit it to like one person taking him in because um, we didn't. I didn't feel it was necessary for for Jackie to go in. Plus, the parking was a whole other situation, and it just didn't make sense for both of us to be exposed or, have, or to have any real issue going on. So I was the one that took him this time, and I wore gloves so that if I touched the button to open the door of the hospital, I had a glove. That way I could open the door to the stairwell. Mm-hmm. I also had to sign in, which I thought was a little crazy, but they, they said that they're wiping it down all the time, the pen. Um, so I had to sign in. Um, and they gave us name tags. Well, when you went first. Right when we went in the, the door. Hospital, yeah, right in the, the door of the hospital. The hospital. Uh, they only had that one entrance open. We couldn't go to our normal entrance, so I had to go through the main entrance. There weren't a lot of people there. They did have the six feet line marker too to tell you to stay back when ollie and i went in it was just me and him and there were a couple of people that came after us but they stayed behind us and respected our space and then very organized right and then we went over to his side of the building where um, the, clinic, the is. clinic is and instead of taking the elevator i went up the stairs again i had the glove on uh, then i got upstairs you and carried I, ollie I, yep i carried him the whole way i didn't want him touching anything i used the same hand by the way um for everything and the other hand had a glove on it still, but that was the one that was holding Ollie. Then when we got upstairs, he wanted to walk to the the, the room that is so called the lily pad. So he wanted to walk there. Which is a special it's waiting a, room yeah. for immune compromised kids. Yeah, so I went there. There was no one else in there. And there was like a, a thing saying that all the toys had been wiped down. So he played with those. I called the office with the glove on still. And then I wiped down the phone afterwards and then I took off my gloves. And everybody was wearing masks. Everybody was wearing gloves. And, and then, our child life specialist was there, which was wonderful. Because right. Ollie definitely loved seeing her. And I think that that just kind of helped keep the same routine as it would right. be if it was a normal visit. And it was great because she had new toys. She had her iPad that had been wiped down. So she had that. So we didn't have to use ours. We didn't have to use ours, which was great because then that's just another thing we have to wipe down. And it went pretty well. It took a while to get the results back from his tests, but they also changed his plan. And that was something else that had been causing us to... A lot of anxiety. Yeah, so anxious. he got changed. Bit. Not me so much. I think you more because we had yeah. we'd known about this change for a while, actually, because they've been doing it in other places 
on the recommendation of the child's oncology group. But our hospital hadn't switched over to it yet, but now they are, I think, because this crisis has kind of made them reevaluate. Um, well, everything. no, actually, to correct you, I asked our nurse practitioner if this is the re are you switching over to the 12 week plan because of COVID? And she said, no, it's just coincidental. Oh. Because right. that was one of my concerns. Are we doing this just as a cause and effect? And she said, no, it's just coincidental that our hospital opted into that plan. And now you guys have a choice as parents if you want to move forward with that. Right, which we decided to because we'd read the research on it before. And they reiterated the same research to us that the percentages were the same doing it. And essentially what the plan is, is that now every three months, they'll be on the dexamethasone for a week. He'll get the vincristine and he'll get the intrathecal methotrexate once every three months. And then the rest of it is just the methotrexate during the week once and the 6MP yeah. every night. And that's it. And he's still in the back room. Right. But it basically took away two doses of the dexamethasone right. and the and vincristine. When you, when you say he's on the dex for a week, it's really just five, five days. days. But yeah, but still, what mm -hmm. I mean is that he's only doing that now once every three months instead of every month. Right. Um, which personally for me, if the results are the same, right. um, and it's, it's been just, proven. and it's been proven through the data that they've been studying for a few years now, I think why not, you know, why not cut back the toxicity in his system? You know, why not take off some of that toxicity now instead yeah. of only doing it when he's done? So and I think in, it's, I think it's beneficial. And another part too, to our decision, <laughs> moving forward with this 12-week plan is that when Ollie was diagnosed, he was uh, low risk. So even though he was low risk, our oncologist team decided to put him on the standard risk protocol. Simply, they didn't want to run the risk of him relapsing. And then I just didn't feel that it was the most beneficial plan for him. So right. we are on the standard risk protocol. But like I said, when he was diagnosed, he only had 10% blasts in his uh, body. So it was, we caught it very early. Right. I don't know if I would have felt as confident. And if you're listening and you have a child uh, who's high risk or very high risk, I don't know if I would have felt as confident switching over simply because of the fact that Ollie was low risk. That made me feel comfortable doing this. And I'd read the research on it. We both read it. Um, and, and so I did feel comfortable doing with it, but I will say like if Ollie was very high risk or high risk, I don't know if I would have felt as comfortable and I probably would suggest he stay on happy thought. Well, here's the deal. I only read one article from the children. There's only group. one article about it. Right. And I only read that one article prior to his clinic visit. And I did ask our team to provide us with some more research behind it. I don't care how dense it is. I want to read it. Um, and I just want to educate myself as much as I can in terms of this study and just make sure that we are, you know, indeed making the right um, decision for him. Of course, when Ryan went into clinic, he did sign the new agreement for the new protocol. So we do, we do feel that this is the right path for him, but I'm a data person. I just like to have some information to kind of back it up. Well, I also talked to our doctor, who was our initial doctor and who is Ollie's initial doctor, his initial oncologist, and he assured me that it was a summative report, which means that it came from multiple reports, and the child's oncology group has now created a summative report about why they've decided to move forward. So it was from a plethora of studies well, and trials, trial, and, yeah. and, and so, so therefore, it's not like it's just one report. I don't want you to think it's that, because it, it isn't. It, it's like one big summative report 
about everything they've been studying over the last few years about the transition to this this uh, this new protocol. Yeah. So it's not it's not like oh man, there's only one article about it. That article, that report, is the summative report. You know, it's like if you were writing a research paper and you had a whole bunch of different you know things you were using for the research paper, all your sources. This is your summative final report using all those different sources to back you up. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I look at it. Yeah. So that was a really big change. Just any change in his protocol for me is really anxiety inducing because I want to know all the facts. I want to know all that I can about it before we make this huge decision. But I think that, you know, we are making the right decision for him and um, we do trust our team greatly and we are just really blessed to have such a great team. And that's what it comes down to. You know, we, we just had such a great experience with our hospital and our doctors and our nurses and everybody who's been helping us through this. So that level of trust is so high. So like I automatically, just knowing I've already seen that report, just knowing that we have the full confidence of our doctors, that's why I so eagerly jumped at it. Not that I wasn't a little anxious. I was because it's a change and it's different. And I want to make sure he's going to be completely healthy when this is all done. But at the same time, I trust what they're saying. I trust the their science that they've been studying. I mean, they've been making the inroads with this. So like, that's why I kind of, I want to say it was easier for me to transition into this right away. Cause I was like, this is the path we need to be taking. Yeah. <laughs> and I know for you, it was a little more fear inducing and that's, that's fine. Everyone handles things differently. Yeah. But that's, I guess that's my explanation as to why I was able to just eagerly jump at it. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I mean, even when, you know, I got off the phone with our team and they suggested it, I looked at Ryan and I was like, I need to look some data up on this. I need something to back it up. Right. To kind of stop myself from going into a spiral. Right. But anyway, so all, you know, at the end of everything, he had an awesome clinic visit. He did great, got a lot of new toys and his labs came back great. So we're just moving forward with that. Right. And then in terms of just trying to keep a sense of community with our friends and family, we've been doing a lot of FaceTime and that's, it's just been so nice to check Actually, in Actually, we've been everybody. using Zoom. And Zoom. Yeah, that's what we're using right now to record this. Um, but yeah, and um, the instant messenger. Oh, Facebook instant video, messenger. Yeah, the instant Facebook instant messenger video chat is more reliable than Snapchat, I feel. Especially like, if you want to have multiple people right, on. Right, the multiple. And we've been doing that with our family. We've been doing like the, we made like a family group and then we'll just call that family group and anybody can pick up that's around or that can answer it on the yeah. instant messenger one. And I just find the video quality is better than the Snapchat app. I know a lot of people are using the Snapchat one. I find the video quality and the sound quality and the lag time is way better than the Google Hangouts. Yeah. But Zoom, I think, is the best if you can use Zoom. But, but for others that only have their cell phone, right. I would highly recommend either just like downloading the Zoom app on your phone. Right. Downloading your instant messenger app from Facebook on yeah. there as well. Um, they're definitely good ways to keep in touch. I mean, it's not the same. You know, the other day I I did go out. I wanted to drop off some Easter gifts um, and Easter cards so I'd have to send them through the mail. So I drove them to my sister's houses because they don't live far from us. And, you know, I did the six feet rule. I stayed away six feet. I dropped it off on their porch and I told them I was outside and I backed up. So, but it was good to see them. You know, but I miss seeing my family. I miss seeing my niece and nephews. And that's, I think, been really difficult. You know, it's been really difficult, even though, you know, we have the the chats online. I think that's one of the more difficult parts is that social interaction. 
And, you know, Ollie's always begging to go over people's houses. He wants to go to Pop Pop's house. He wants to go to other Pop Pop's house. He mm-hmm. wants to go to Hey Hey's house. He wants to, you know the what I mean? Like Mike he, house. Yeah, he wants to go to the Mickey house. He wants to go everywhere. And, and unfortunately, he, he doesn't understand because he's not even three yet. He doesn't understand that we can't. He under, well, we he, say there, everybody has a cough. Right. And he understands that. He said, right. oh. Yeah, he they wants him to feel call, better. Feel better. He, yeah, but I mean, but he doesn't. If I told him what was going right. on, he wouldn't understand that. Right. And so, I mean, maybe that's a good thing too. Maybe yeah. it's not fear-inducing for him. He's still very happy and playful all day. But I think what's been helpful is just even for my own self to say, "We're safe here. We're all together. We're going to be safe. We're going to continue being safe. We'll keep checking in with everybody." Um, but I think you know, it's exactly what Ryan said. It's the physical distance being far away. I mean, I, I drove over to say hi, you know, to my parents and my sister and we all stood in the front yard and pretended to do like a big hug in the air because we didn't want to get too close with each other. And that, that's just, it's really tough. It's really awkward, but at the same time, you just make it work and just keep thinking about everybody that's just making so many sacrifices right now, all the healthcare workers, all the people working, you know, in the grocery stores and just being really thankful that A, we are all together and we're not separated and B, that we have the luxury of being safe in our home and just being all together. Right. And I think the biggest thing too, is if if you aren't staying home, stay home. I mean, think about it. If you're not going around spreading the virus, because you may have it, you don't know, you could be asymptomatic and you're passing it on to everyone you come in contact. But if everybody just stayed home for 17 days, this virus would die off because it wouldn't be able to spread anymore because it dies within 17 days. That's the official, I believe that's the official time that it took to die on the cruise ships, right? So it took about 17 days for no trace of the COVID-19. So just stay home for 17 days and we'll all be okay. Right. Well, except unfortunately for the people that are already sick. Ooh, Percy send our prayers every night to people that are suffering, people that are lonely. People with um, immune systems who are compromised. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the really cool things that's come out of this is just seeing how people have adapted. Especially in Massachusetts, I've seen so many companies, so many tech schools that really have just jumped on board without even being asked and just donating and making masks. Um, people in their homes that have a sewing machine can put a couple hundred masks together and send them to the doctors and the nurses that need it desperately. I don't know if those are effective though. The doctors and nurses need the N95 masks. I think those are more for like you so that we can give them the N95 masks. Okay. I think that's what they're encouraging. No, I think that's what they're encouraging just so people are listening. I think they're encouraging like if you have those, N95 masks. Donate them to the Donate hospital. them to the hospitals and then make your own mask because really you're only going to need a mask if you're going to the grocery store. You're not going to be in direct contact anyways. They're in direct contact. They're like right there with these people. And they're forced to and, use yeah, their Right, masks. and they're forced to reuse their masks. So if you have those N95 masks, you should donate them to your hospital. Not the surgical ones because, again, those those flimsy surgical ones. The blue ones. The blue ones. They're not really going to do much except keeping – them from spreading it but the n95 ones filter out stuff so they they actually are really good to have in the hospitals and they do need them and i know for instance my school donated a whole bunch of 
uh, gloves and masks and um, medical equipment that they had in our health occupations trade and dental trade. And so they donated all that stuff. And I think some of the shops did too. I don't think it was just the health because our shops also have to have masks and the N95 masks because they're working in construction trades, things like that. So I think they donated those masks as well. And so you know, they really stepped up in a big way. So a shout out to my school. Also, shout out to all the teachers. Oh, yeah. Just being able to be flexible with all of this. And basically, you guys were at school one day and the next you were told, I don't know when we're coming back. And I've just seen wonderful things like our sister-in-law, they had a whole parade that she was in and they celebrate all the teachers. And her It was town. a car parade. They were driving around. Don't worry, mm-hmm. they weren't walking together. Right. It's just, uh, it's pretty amazing. I think what's even more amazing is that people are understanding how much work teachers do throughout the day and how hard it is to (laughs) to teach these kids because it's a lot of work. So shout out to all the teachers that are listening. You know, if you have two small children, six-year-old and an eight-year-old, and you're trying to homeschool them right now and you're getting aggravated with that. And you're working from home. Just imagine what it's like for the teacher who has like 28, 29 30 of those kids in their class and they're trying to make them behave and do what they tell them to do and also teach them. Um, And so I always say like, you know, just think about that before you rail against teachers, you know, because there's a lot that goes on throughout a school day. It's not just, I send my kids there and everything's perfect. Right. So So major shout out to all the teachers, all the healthcare workers, everybody that police, the firefighters, yeah, everyone that is even the military. There's a, it's a huge problem in the military right now. From what I read last night, it's spreading like wildfire of the military. So for them too. We really just wanted to pop on and, and talk with you guys and just kind of let you know what we're going through. And we want to hear from you. We want to know, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And just want you to know that we're thinking about you guys and we're just praying nightly that the cases start to decrease. Just want everybody to continue to follow the rules and just be smart. As Rachel Hollis says, don't be dumb. Just be smart. What's your preliminary review of your Dave Hollis book? Oh, if anybody wants to join my book club, I'm currently reading Dave Hollis's book. Get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. I'm not even reading it and I know the title. (laughs) Oh, Dave. It's really, really good. It's his first book and it's all about the lies that he continued to tell himself and just kind of set his own limits and he's pushed past it. And I've really enjoyed it a lot. So it's been really nice to take some time to just read a book and just kind of relax a little bit and not worry about laundry and cleaning. And I do just kind of want you to repeat this for everybody to hear, but didn't you say that you appreciate me a little bit more? Okay, first of all, I've always appreciated you (laughs) staying home with Ollie, and I've always made that known to you. But yes, I said to my sister on the phone, it makes me appreciate even more what Jackie has to do to take care of Ollie as our stay-at-home mom. Now, I will say my standards of the apartment have, have kind of fallen, and that's okay. They're still pretty good. I don't know why you say <laughs> They're that. still it's not like, it's not like it's, so. No, it's just, you know. It's not the not pristine really, apartment that yeah, it usually is, apparently. Not really, um, not really important. I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I do appreciate it more, and I hope more people do appreciate what a stay-at-home mom does. Or stay-at-home dad. Or stay-at-home dad. It's work. A stay-at-home parent, it's work. You know, it's not, it's not all, you know, glamour and fun and you're not just doing whatever you want all day. You're not doing that. You're doing stuff around the house. You're watching your kids. You're getting their breakfast. You're getting their lunch. It's, it's, 
it's a lot of work. And I don't think a lot of people know that unless they have to experience it. You know, hopefully a lot of people are experiencing it right now and understanding how much work it truly is and how much respect and how much love you should give towards a person who is doing it for your child if yeah. you aren't the one doing it because they deserve every bit of it. So we want to challenge you guys. We want to challenge you to just kind of take a minute when you're done listening to this and go over to your spouse or, you know, someone that has really been helping you. Maybe they've been delivering groceries for you on your doorstep. Just take a minute and thank them. Thank them for the work that they're doing. Thank them for the time that they're taking to help you and give them a compliment and then send me a message and just give me a thumbs up and let me know that you did it because I'm going to quote Rachel Hollis again. Let's spread the joy. Can we also talk about one more thing before we end this? Shaking hands. All right. Let's just talk about it because for those who don't know, I'm kind of a hypochondriac in the first place. So I was ready for this germ warfare way before it started because I've always thought about this my whole life. I don't like to shake hands with people and people get really offended by that. But I just don't like it because I don't know where that person's hand has been. And I feel like this, this should be kind of like the death of that custom. In my opinion, we can do like uh, elbow bump or you just, know, a just simple wave. how about a wave or a peace sign or a bow, you know, like they do in Eastern cultures, like just a respectful bow, something else because, just, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. It, I'm just, all right. And, and it bothers me. I just think it's a practice that should end. Yeah, it's it's kind of outdated, especially we're going through everything that we're going through right now. I think there's going to be some standards that really are shooken up. I hope that's one of them. Mm-hmm. I definitely do. I just, the shaking hands thing should just be, it should evolve, evolve into like a polite bow or something else that's not, hey, here's my germs. That's what it should be. Especially yeah. if like you're listening to this, most likely you know someone who had cancer and their immune system was compromised and you know how easy it is for a person to get sick. And why are we even taking risks like that? Yeah. I guess, how would you approach that though? If someone goes in for a handshake? Well, lately I have been telling people like this last, this past year, I told the parents, I actually had a sign saying that I would not be shaking hands this year because my son has an uh, immune system that's been compromised uh, from a disease that he is, he was currently battling. Um, and, most parents were respectful. One almost went for it. And then he said, Oh, I forgot oh, I about forgot. your sign. Yeah. Um, and then I said, Oh, thank you. And I just, I waved like this, you know, I put up a little wave. Oh, you can't see. It's just audio. Yeah. But I, I waved. You put your hand uh, up. And yeah. you know, a couple of people actually like gave me a peace sign when they were leaving, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool and funny because that was coming back all of a sudden. Um, and then some people, I just, you know, I would just say, thanks. Nice to meet you. And I would go like this. or like stretch out my arm for yeah. them to like leave the room. Um, and they would just wave by. So I, I don't see why it can't become like a normal pattern, especially because as we know nowadays, it's just so much out there, bad flus, bad colds, COVID-19. Like before COVID-19 even hit, I felt like this was one of the worst years for the cold that, that I'd seen in years. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like the viruses are more virulent now and attack. Yeah. And I just feel like we need to have better hand washing and customs instead of spreading our germs. Yeah. To have the customs kind of evolve with the time that we're in right now in order to protect everybody. Right. It's just a different world. It's different. And we know about these germs and we know that people can get sick. And I just feel like we should stop that practice. I I don't know. It's maybe sounds a little crazy, but that's how I feel about it anyway. I don't think people would be offended if like, let's just role play. If you went in for the handshake I would say, oh, I'd rather just do an elbow bump. 
Like I would, I would just say that I'd rather do an elbow bump. I think at first you'd be like, Oh, okay, whatever. Like, I don't think anybody would say. Yeah. Most of my students actually, they know I don't do it. Sometimes they'll go for like the high five or the shake hand. And I tell them, you know, guys, I don't do that. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, that's right. I know you have a thing about germs. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't, I don't do it. I think the elbow bump is fine. Or just like putting your hand up and saying, Hey, I've done the elbow bump, but you know, um, sometimes I do like the the two finger salute, like, Hey, Hey bud. Like if it's a guy student, like I'll do that. Um, I tip my cap. I like tipping my cap a little bit. When I so Rai's giving you multiple different things that you can do in lieu of the handshake. Right. If you guys come up with any other ideas, let us just know. A, just a tender smile. Just a tender smile. <laughs> just a little curl of the A little, the little dimple show. A little dimple yeah, show. just a little bit. Maybe the people's eyebrow. Whatever you want. Just something different. A little, eyebrow lift. <laughs> a little eyebrow lift? A little eyebrow lift. So, Sorry, I just wanted to talk about that before we ended this. So that's kind of all the things that I wanted to talk about with you guys. I hope you're doing well. We're thinking about you. Jackie's and... embarrassed. She didn't want to bring up that it was actually her that wanted to talk about the hand. <laughs> yeah. And so I made this big thing out of it, but it was really her. You got me. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. Well, I'm really surprised you got this whole episode in before Ollie woke up from a nap. I told you. It was just me. Oh, he's waking oh, up. He's so sweet. Stay safe. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. If something from this stuck with you, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to message me on Instagram or on Facebook and tell me what you thought. Join the private All Mama Care Facebook group to connect with me directly and other listeners across the globe. You can even send me a voicemail. Simply go to anchor.fm backslash time backslash message. Wherever you're listening to this, take a screenshot tag me and a couple friends. You never know, it might be exactly what someone needs to hear today. The light within me honors the light within you.